The vision of Mercy Culture Church is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. And so it's not only about encountering the presence of the Lord in these corporate environments, but we also believe that you can encounter the presence of God every day in your own home and at your job and in your car and dealing with your kids and whatever it is that you're facing, that you can carry the presence of the Lord with you everywhere that you go and in every aspect and every part of your life. And when we encounter the presence of the Lord, it's important for us to know how to steward his presence, to know uh, how to listen for his voice. So as we were in his presence, I just felt the Lord just give me that tap and say there's something that I want to impart tonight. Because I mean, we could have sat there for another hour. You can, you can, yeah, work, I'm good. Thank you. No. Yeah, thank you. Come on, give the worship team a hand. I'm so grateful for them and the way that they steward the presence of the Lord. But I feel like tonight we're not done in his presence. Can I get an amen? We're not done in the presence of the Lord, but there's something that God wants to impart to us tonight through his word. I want to introduce myself. My name is Les, and I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco. It is such an honor and privilege to be with you guys tonight in the tent. How many are thankful for a little bit of air conditioning? It's going to get better. We have people coming out in the next week to two weeks that are sealing the place up, and it's just going to get cooler and cooler. We're adding some AC. It's just going to get better and better. But if you don't know, we are not going to be in a tent permanently. We have purchased the building right there, right in front of us, right next to us. And we're in the middle of remodeling that building. It's going to be a beautiful place for us to worship. But we're going to be in here for the next few months. And there's just something, as Pastor Jordan said, there's just something about being in the dirt. I don't know what it is, but there's something anointed about it. I told Dariel before service, I said, they're going to have to bring in some dirt and some gravel and put it up in front of my chair in the sanctuary because I'm used to this. There's something about this. When I get up and there's gravel on my forehead and stuck to my arms and a little bit in my teeth, I'm like, yes, you know we're having church. When you leave with road rash, you've had church. But for those of you that don't know, Mercy Culture Church is one church in multiple locations. And our, we were birthed out of our location in Fort Worth, Texas. And our lead senior pastors there are Pastor Landon and Heather Schott, my wife and I's best friends in the entire world. I'm so excited to announce to you guys that Pastor Heather will be here preaching next Sunday. Come on. If you never heard Pastor Heather preach, hold on, baby, because we might need to reinforce the poles in the tent. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for next week. Uh, if you would, I want to talk to you just a moment about MC Connect. You hear us talking about MC Connect around here a lot. Mercy Culture, MC Connect is not just the way that you join Mercy Culture Church. This is the way that we disciple people. You hear us talk about our vision all the time. We bleed it. It's just part of who we are. To take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. If you've been around here for more than five minutes, you've already heard it 50 times. People talk about it. Have you had your daily encounter? Have you had your daily encounter? 
How was your daily encounter? In my daily encounter, the Lord said to me, you know, I was encountering the Lord earlier and God spoke. You know, I was encountering Jesus. I was talking to a pastor. I moved on. Okay. I was talking to a pastor a few years ago, I remember, and, and I was talking to him about just things that God was speaking to me. And he just stopped and he goes, man, you, you really hear from the Lord a lot. And I thought, you don't? How are you pastoring a church? How are you raising a family? How are you going to work? How are you dealing with people? Can I get an amen? <laughs> I love people with just the love of God. It's humanity that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> people are awesome. But, we, you know, we have to deal with just humanity in life. How do you drive on I-35 and not hear from the Lord? But MC Connect is the way that we help you discover the way that you best connect with God. I believe that we've done a disservice in the house of the Lord for a lot of years where we've sort of implied to people that they have to connect with God the same. That everybody connects with God the way that the pastor connects with the Lord. Everybody connects with God in the same way. But we believe that there is one way to God and that is through Jesus Christ. But through Jesus there are many ways to connect with God. And some people connect with God in nature. Some of y'all are crazy like that. And you even connect with, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of y'all even connect with God when it's 105 degrees outside. You're just running on the trail, sweating, just connecting with the Lord. More power to you. The only thing I'm connecting with in those situations may be a defibrillator. But especially in this heat, but God is good. Some of you connect with God in solitude. It needs to be quiet and silent. Some of you connect with God through the arts. Some of you through reading and studying the word. Some of you through worshiping. There are many ways that you can connect with the Lord. And MC Connect will help you discover how you best connect with God. And then we also, uh, through MC Connect, you just watch a series of videos. It takes about an hour of your time to do it. And they're just short videos. Don't worry, it's not one hour long video. You get to watch a bunch of them because we know this generation Right, we're used to watching about three-minute videos. Moving on, remember Vine? At least we've advanced from seven-second videos, right? So now we watch like three-minute videos, and then we move on. So we've got these short videos, and you can learn about our story, the story of Mercy Culture Church as a whole, mine and Pastor Nikki's story of how we heard the Lord calling us to Waco, and how all of this happened. And you can learn about the vision and the values, the unique characteristics, and the leadership standards of Mercy Culture Church and how you best connect with God. And then my most favorite part of MC Connect is your Connect appointment. And we actually ha ask you to come and meet in person. And we're, we have bought another tent. Can I get a caca? If you know, you know. If you don't follow, uh, I'm sure somebody will ask me about it on my Tuesday Q&A. That's coming up. But We'll talk about that later. But we've got a new tent that's coming right over here. It's going to be our MC Connected tent. It will, MC Connect tent, there we go. It will be air conditioned. Amen. Amen. And you'll be able to have your MC Connect appointment during services, during service times. But at our MC Connect appointment, you sit down and meet with the connector who will give you your personal daily encounter plan who will help you understand your way that you connect with God. If you're married, you'll go through that with you and your spouse. And then they will also pray over you and give you a prophetic word. Those connectors know who's coming and they fast and they pray and they ask the Lord to speak with to 
them about you, and you will get wrecked. Has anybody ever been wrecked in an MC Connect appointment? Just, just wave at me. It's a lot of hands. I know I was wrecked at my MC Connect appointment. I went in. I thought, well, I'm a pastor. You know, I've been doing this a long time. I'm sure it'll be a nice word. I'll receive this word. Darielle did my Connect appointment. In 30 seconds, I had the ugly snot cry, right? <laughs> Just the ugly cry. It really, it actually shocked me. But MC Connect is so important, and I'm spending a little bit more time on it tonight because I just feel the weight of it. It is so important. If we can come in here and we can encounter the Lord corporately the way that we've been encountering God, that's a beautiful thing. But when you can take that corporate encounter and allow that passion and fire that is put into you to feed your daily encounters, I'm telling you, it will revolutionize and change your life forever when you can encounter God every day. So if you want to be a part of that, you can text the word CONNECT to 59090, and we'll walk you through that process. While you've got your phones out, you can text the word NOTES to 59090, and you can get all of my notes from tonight. Everything that's in front of me will be in front of you. We've already prayed, so we're going to dive right into it. John chapter 4, verses 7 through 15 says this. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, Who is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10 says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir... Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. I've come here tonight to tell you that you expand spiritual territory through the gifts of the Spirit. So, Father, just open our ears tonight, Lord. Let us, let us hear with spiritual ears tonight. Let us not just hear with our carnal, fleshly ears, but let us hear with spiritual ears in Jesus' name. Right here at Mercy Culture Church, the prophetic word for the year over our church of 2022, this is the year of expanding territory. Somebody say expanding territory. And we've been praying over ourselves and our families every single day, First Chronicles 410. I want to encourage you, if you haven't been doing that, pray that prayer over your family this year every single day. There's one thing to pray a scripture. There's another thing when that scripture becomes a rhema word to you. And when the prophet of God delivers a prophetic word and you can come into partnership with that word. Prophecy is not a guarantee. Prophecy is an invitation. 
It's an invitation for you to come into partnership and partner your faith with that word. So I encourage you to pray this prayer over your family. It says this, Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge and expand my territory, and that your hand of favor might be with me. should keep me from all harm and evil, that it might not bring me pain. And I love the next part. It said, and God granted what he asked. We're believing that God will grant what he asked. I want you all to look at me. I want you to lock in with me. I want you to just say this from your spirit. Say, I am going to spiritually grow. You're going to spiritually grow tonight. You're going to grow in spiritual strength. You expand your territory through the gifts of the Spirit. How many of you know that the word of expanding territory is not only over your personal house, but it's also over this church as a whole? And we are believing, God, that the presence and the glory of God that is resting in this tent week after week after week is not going to just stay within the sort of walls of this tent, but it's going to pour out of this place into East Waco and into North Waco and West and South Waco and into Woodway and Hewitt and into Robinson and China Spring and into the cities that surround this area and all the way down to Temple and all the way up to Hillsboro and throughout Central Texas. We will expand territory But there's a warning I have to give you. Just like the disciples encountered Jesus, you are able to encounter the Holy Spirit. But here's the warning. In the same way that the religious community resisted Jesus, it's the same way that that same spirit of religion resists the spirit of Jesus today. The spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. The Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Say uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. In other words, you worshipped things that could not speak to you. You worshipped things that were powerless before you. You worshipped mute idols. That word, uninformed. The, the word in the original lang- language is agnueno, and it means to be ignorant, not to know, unknown, to not understand, be uninformed, unaware, and unable to recognize. Be careful that you don't reject or resist the spirit of Jesus when he comes to you in a form that you don't recognize. You see, the spirit of religion will always reject that that it cannot control. The Bible describes religion as a set of man-made ideas preached to people as if it was the word of God. But anytime you get into an atmosphere and the spirit of the Lord starts to move and it's uncontrollable and you don't know what to do and people are crawling around in the dirt and people are praying in a language you've never heard before and people are giving prophetic words and laying hands on the sick and they're recovering, the spirit of religion gets agitated. I don't know about you, but I felt it within my own heart before. 
I have felt that spirit of religion be agitated within my own heart. Even though I'm a man who pursues the presence of God, there are times when I don't understand what's happening and the spirit of religion gets agitated. It's important that we recognize when that is happening. And we don't reject what we don't understand. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6, the Bible says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. They were believers in Jesus. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. These were believers in Jesus, and they had never heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, into, into what then were you baptized? I love Paul. Because when you read Paul, Paul don't joke. He don't play around. Paul is not kidding with you. Right? He, he doesn't play. And he's like, uh, then into what were you baptized? Like, I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what is you doing? That's what Paul was saying. That's the 2022 translation. Not a translation. That's a, what a paraphrase. Right? He said, what is you doing then? What do you mean? What, how were you baptized then? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the, the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hand on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. There are many disciples Many Christians, many believers in Jesus that are following Christ but haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? It's because there is a theological fallacy in the body of Christ that teaches that the gifts of the Spirit are no longer available for you today. There are entire movements and churches and denominations all around the world that are founded. Their principle, their foundation is on the lie of the enemy that the gifts of the Spirit are not available for you today. That they stopped with the apostles. Let's go to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8. This is the famous love chapter. It says love never fails this is one of the scriptures that people use to, to support their wrong belief that the gifts of the Spirit are not available to us today. It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be restrained. And where there is knowledge, it will be dismissed. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial passes away. If you've ever had a discussion with somebody who wants to try to convince you that there are no gifts of the Spirit available to you today, most of the time they will bring up this scripture. They'll say, well, these things have passed away. And my question to them is often, well, wisdom hasn't passed away and Knowledge hasn't passed away, so only some of the gifts of the Spirit have passed away, but the rest of them we can have, right? Those things haven't ceased, but the Bible says in verse 10, when the perfect one comes, the partial passes away. That scripture is referring to the perfect one, which is who? Jesus the scripture is speaking to the second coming of Christ, to when Jesus returns to the earth and he calls up the dead in Christ first. 
And then the believers will rise and reign and rule with him. When he comes, we're not going to need prophecy. When he comes, we're not going to need healing. When he comes, we're not going to need miracles. Why? Because he'll be with us. And we will know all. And we will see all. And there'll be sickness no more. And tears no more. And hunger no more. Because he'll be with us. That's what this scripture is talking about. But it's not a surprise to me that there is a movement to prevent us from operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because if I were the enemy, what would I do to stop the church of Jesus Christ from expanding territory? What would I do to stop the church of Jesus from establishing itself as the true church? I would take away the gifts. I would take away the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus taught us that the gospel without power is no gospel at all. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ without the power and the demonstration of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is no gospel at all. Church, the enemy doesn't care how big our church gets. The enemy doesn't care how much we flourish. The enemy doesn't care how much money you have. Come on. How much money we as a church has. How many resources we have. As long as we stay in our place. The enemy doesn't care how big our church grows as long as our church stays within the walls of this tent or that building or the next building that we get. But the moment that you and I begin to impact the community around us, the moment we start walking into coffee shops and receive a word of knowledge for that person that was planning to take their life, the moment that we're walking down the aisles of HEB and receive the word of prophecy to encourage somebody in their walk with the Lord and change the trajectory of their walk with God the moment that we're walking up and down in Walmart and we see somebody sick in their body and we lay hands on them and they are healed and give their life to Jesus that's when the enemy becomes concerned about what you're doing you see the goal of mercy culture church has never been for us to build a big church can I get an amen Thank God for water. All right, the goal of Mercy Culture Church has never been for us to be a big church. The moment that we start focusing on get people to church, get people to church, get people to church, we have lost the battle before we've even started. You know, so many of us, and I spent a lot of years in ministry toiling and striving and working to one-up ourselves week after week. We just got to get people to church. We got we to get people to church. What are we going to do? We got to get people to come. We got to put up a Ferris wheel. And then we got to, and we had a Ferris wheel last week, so this week we need a Ferris wheel and we need a roller coaster. And we had a Ferris wheel and a roller coaster last week, and this week we need a Ferris wheel, a roller coaster, and a fire juggler. And then, oh Lord, we had the fire juggler. Now we got to drop things from airplanes and helicopters, and we got to, I'm not, listen, anybody that dropped eggs from a helicopter, more power to you. This isn't a judgment. You shouldn't do that. My point is, it's okay to laugh. We're in a tent. You can laugh. My point is that our goal is not to one-up ourselves week after week and put on a better show so that we can continue to gather more people. 
Our goal is to not is not to build a bigger church. Our goal is for the people in this room to go out and become the church. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Somebody say the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The manifestation of the Spirit. That word gifts in this scripture is the word charisma. And it is where charisma, and that is where we get the word charisma from. In the English language, and it's translated to mean a gift of grace, a free gift, an undeserved favor, a grace endowment used to edify the church, divinely empower a believer to share God's work with others. It is spirit-empowered service to the church to carry out God's plan for God's people. And a simplified definition is a spiritual gift is a supernatural capability given by the Holy Spirit. All that means is it is an ability that you could never have on your own. It is supernatural. It is beyond what is possible for you. Let's go into the nine gifts of the Spirit. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge. According to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles or power, to another prophecy, the ability to distinguish between the spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of those tongues. And all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. I'm not going to just, I'm going to move through these definitions of these gifts quickly because I'm excited to share with you that we're going to be spending the next few weeks and months teaching on each one of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to dive into each of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and what I believe is that the Lord, even tonight, is going to impart to us and to many of you gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to learn together how to steward those gifts to impact and grow and expand his kingdom. Let's quickly go through some definitions of the gifts of the Spirit. Wisdom is simply the supernatural application of God's word. Knowledge is the supernatural ability to know and understand the mysteries of heaven and earth. Faith, the ability to believe God for the impossible. Healing, the journey of wholeness of a person's mind, body, or spirit to operate in the way God intended. Miracles or supernatural power, the manifestation of the impossible. Prophecy, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to edify, warn, announce, or reveal the future. Discerning between the spirits, the ability to know by what spirit a person is motivated, the ability to know by what spirit is in operation. Tongues, the ability to pray the mysteries of God and strengthen the spirit of man through a heavenly language. An interpretation of tongues, the supernatural ability to understand and receive revelation from a language you did not learn. 
How many of you want to walk in some or all of those gifts? When you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, not only do you encounter God through the gift, but everyone you minister to also encounters God through those gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are for you to encounter the Lord and for you to lead others into an encounter with God. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not about you. Look at your neighbor. Say, they're not about you. Look at your other neighbor. Say, you thought you got off, but it's not about you either. The gifts of the Spirit are not about you. And if you ever operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you learn that pretty quickly. It was a few, it was actually last year, last Mother's Day. I'm sitting on the front row at Mercy Culture in Fort Worth. And uh, we, we, you know, we were praying, we were serving, we were preparing to move to Waco, but we're in Fort Worth, and I'm sitting on the front row. It's Mother's Day Sunday, and I hear the Holy Spirit. I feel him drop this couple into my heart. They live here in Waco, and the Lord says, wish her, tell her that I said Happy Mother's Day, which, okay, all right, the, the Holy Spirit says to tell you Happy Mother's Day, but here's the rub, folks. They don't have any kids. This couple has no children. So I'm sitting on the front row. It's a young couple that I know, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, wish her a happy Mother's Day. And I'm thinking, I, I can't do that. Right? I, I, what am I going to do? I'm going to send a text. The Holy Spirit says, happy Mother's Day. I mean, that's, that's cheesy. Some of y'all are way too holy. All of y'all just praying in the Holy Ghost. Right, well, I would have done it. Oh, ra ba 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 I'm so holy, I wouldn't have even questioned God. That's not my testimony. I was sitting on the front row of church going, that's really cheesy, God. I, you want me to say the Holy Spirit said uh, happy Mother's Day? Happy Mother's Day, Jesus. Like this is, she ain't even a mother. And I'm trying to worship and my heart's beating fast and, and I'm getting nervous. Anybody ever experienced that before? Like I know the Lord has spoken to me to do it and I'm like, Lord, oh God, if it's you, Lord, I pray that a dove would fly through the sanctuary, <laughs> land on my forehead, and just peck in Morse code, Mother's Day, then I know that's you, in Jesus' name. When I'm asking the Lord, and I just knew that I'm supposed to, so I just take a deep breath. I text both of them, hey, guys. And then, you know, you put all the, the, the stuff in front of it because you don't just want to put that out there. You're like, I don't even know if this is God. I just want to submit to you. It may be the Lord. It may not be the Lord, but I just want to tell you. I just felt impressed. I'm not saying this is God. I'm saying I felt impressed with the Lord that maybe this is God. And he said to tell you, this is the Holy Spirit that said to tell you. And I know you don't have kids, but I just, no. He just said to tell you happy Mother's Day, then send. Like, I better send it before I, before I change my mind. And I'm waiting, and I'm worshiping, and then I keep looking out at my phone, and no, there's, no, there's no response. There's no nothing. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, and I see the little dots come up and go away, and the dots come up and go away, and I'm like, these people think I'm nuts. That's it. They're going to tell everybody I'm crazy. Whatever. I'm just going to worship the Lord. And then I get a response, and she says, Interesting. I said, well, praise God. Let me just forget that ever happened. And then I just go back to worship, and days go by. About four days later, I get a text message. Hey, Pastor Les from the husband, can you call us right now? And I was at work, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, sure. 
So I, I step out of my office and I, I call them and they're like, well, um, you sent that text message and I thought that was interesting and I had no idea and I went to the store and I got a pregnancy test and then I found out I was pregnant. And now they have a beautiful baby right now that they're raising. My point of telling you that story is to let you know the gifts of the Spirit are never about you. The gifts of the Spirit are not to make you feel good. Come on. I want to talk about what are the gifts of the Spirit for. Let's go over the five W's of the gifts of the Spirit. Number one, who are the gifts for? They are for everyone. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all. Say what? Them all? Them all in who? Everyone. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. God apportions the gifts of the Spirit to whomever he wants to give them to. But remember this, God gives more to a good steward. If you steward the gifts well, he will give more to those whom he can trust. What are the gifts of the Spirit for? They are a spiritual tool to advance the kingdom, to expand territory. They are spiritual tools. That's why there are different gifts because you need different tools depending on what it is that you're doing. Here at Mercy Culture, we are in the middle of expanding territory both spiritually and physically. We are in the middle of a building season in all ways. We are in construction and are building in Fort Worth and expanding our children's area. And we're building the largest long-term residence for women that have been rescued out of sex trafficking in the United States of America right now. We've broken ground on a facility that will have 100 beds for women to go through a minimum of a three-year program that they can go through. It's incredible. That justice residence is coming to the city of Waco, by the way. So just get ready. We're in the middle of building that building right next door. Come on. We're going through that process, and how many know there are different tools needed depending on what it is that you're doing, right? You're not going to use the same tool to lay carpet that you use to put in air conditioning. Oh, I felt the Lord on that air conditioning. But me personally, I am whatever the opposite of a Swiss Army knife is. That's what I am. Like, I don't know anything about construction. That, that's not my gift. Some of y'all do. That's amazing. I'm so impressed. Me and Emmanuel, we don't have a clue, right? Not a clue. Because Emmanuel, I saw you laughing, and you act like you know what you're doing. Neither one of us have a clue what to do with construction. I'm so thankful for Pastor Jordan. Come on, somebody put your hands together for Pastor Jordan. Pastor Jordan has been working his tail off in the heat out here, making sure that all of these things continue to get done. I come out here and look at it, and they're like, what do you think about if we use this to do this? I'm like, yeah, that sounds right to me. I think uh, that's what I'd do, use that, uh, 
That, that one right there. Yep, that's the one. Y'all got it right. It looks like you got a handle on it, sir. You know what you're doing. But you got to use different tools depending on what you're working on. The gifts of the Spirit are for people to encounter God. The gifts of the Spirit, the tools that he gives us to expand territory are not for you and I to show off. Listen, you are not a fortune teller. I think I should say that again. You are not a fortune teller. And if every word and every time you give a word and every time you operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, everybody tells you how wonderful you are, you're probably doing something wrong. Because the gifts of the Spirit should challenge and stretch us. So where are the gifts of the Holy Spirit from? They are from God. In James chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In Acts 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, On one occasion while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Father gave the Son, and Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave us the gifts of the Spirit. Imagine eating with Jesus, and Jesus tells you, hey, it's actually going to be better for you when I leave because I'm going to leave my spirit with you. I'm not only going to walk with you and be with you physically. My spirit is going to live inside of you. And when you wake up in the morning, I'm there. And when you go to sleep at night, I'm there. And all of the things that I did, you can do even greater things through the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. When were the gifts given? In John chapter 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I, this is Jesus speaking, tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit was given at the day of Pentecost. After Jesus had ascended to heaven, he left with them his Holy Spirit. Now why are the gifts of the Spirit important? They're important because they are the power of expanding our territory. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, but you will receive what? Power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is for the expanding of spiritual territory. There are some questions that people frequently ask when we start talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go through a few of these and hope they answer many of our questions. The first one is, does someone operate in one gift or does somebody have access to all of them? Here's the thing to remember. All walk in some 
and some walk in all. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the Bible says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So the Bible teaches us that we are to desire the higher gifts of the Holy Spirit. So whatever it is that you are operating in now, if you're operating in any gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to desire more, to desire the gifts of the Spirit in an even greater way. Some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us just by the grace of God, just through his unending mercy. He gives them, and some are given because his sons and daughters are asking him for them. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, you do not have to, you do not have because you do not ask. And in Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Matthew 7, 11, he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven Give good gifts to those who ask him. The Father wants to give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we need to ask him for it. Somebody said, but I've already asked the Lord for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he hasn't given them to me. And to that, I would say you need to spiritually mature. Can I pastor you for a moment? That's a question. Yes. Guess what? I was going to do it no matter what you said, but thank you for saying yes. The spiritually immature ask God once or twice or three times, and then they stop. And the really spiritually immature then get offended at the Lord for not answering what they asked for. But the mature ask God over and over and over again. The mature continue to ask the Lord and believe God that he will answer and have decided that even if he doesn't answer me in the way I think in my head that I want him to, I'm still going to serve the Lord. In my family, we have a morning routine. Every morning on the way to school, my kids go through a bunch of stuff. Some mornings they're super happy about it and some mornings they aren't. Our little girl, one of our youngest is five years old. Her name is Ellie. If you haven't met Ellie yet, she's a whole mood. She's an experience. You need to meet her. She's over in kids right now, probably. Let's stretch your hands and pray. <laughs> Sometimes she's just a ray of sunshine and beauty and butterflies and rainbows. And sometimes she's what we like to call in our house the Kraken. We have awoken the Kraken. The other morning we were going through our daily routine and she just wasn't having it, you know, she wasn't having it. But every morning we go through several things and one of the things we do is we ask the Lord to give to us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So my children from three years old on know all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because every morning we ask God to give it, to give us those gifts. And I've been doing that every day for about a decade now. I've been asking the Lord to give those gifts. We've been praying those things over our children. We pray certain things over them. We ask for the gifts of the Spirit. We ask that we operate in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We ask that we operate in the seven spirits of God. We ask the Lord to give us boldness and meekness. We ask for certain things from the Lord. And I saw the other day, and I was, 
we were out to eat with some friends, and we, there was a playground right there, and a little boy had fallen and skinned his knee, and I watched my three-year-old run over to that little boy, and she, she crouched down next to him, and she was asking him how he was doing, and he was crying, and I just watched her put her hand on his forehead and start to pray for healing over his body. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, this is what you've been contending for. This is the result of consistently asking for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The second question that we get often is, I'm not sure if the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for me. There are some people that believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation, but I just don't know if they're for me. My question back to you is what scripture says that they're not for you? A lot of people will say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30 will be the answer that I get. It says, do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And that's one scripture in the Bible that's asking that question. First of all, take note when you're reading that scripture that that is not a declaration those are questions. And of course, the answer to that question is no. I wish everybody on earth prophesied and operated in the gift of tongues and interpreted tongues and operated in the gift of healings, but that's not true. It, it doesn't happen. Not, not everyone operates that in that. But many people read 1 Corinthians 12, 30, and then they grab a hold of that scripture and they claim it as if it's their life's verse. Uh, people like want to get that scripture embroidered on a pillow, right? Get it on a, on a piece of barn wood and hang that up in their dining room. Like, this is my life's verse. I'm not going to prophesy. I'm not going to operate in the gift of healing. Why would we do that? Who wants to claim that verse over our lives? The heart posture of that kind of questioning of the Holy Spirit or the heart posture of rejecting the gifts of the Holy Spirit reflects spiritual immaturity. Now listen, there's a difference between genuinely questioning and saying, I'm not sure if this gift is for me because I just don't know. I'm just not fully informed on this topic. And then there's a different side to that question. There is the statement, I don't want that gift and that is a reflection of spiritual maturity because immaturity because somewhere along the way you have decided to be deceived somewhere along the way you made the decision to listen to the youtube theologian that gets on YouTube and goes off on people who operate in the Holy Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, he's never operated in anything, right? It's easy to make fun of people who are operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want you to be careful, ladies and gentlemen. Let me pastor you again. I'm not going to ask this time. I'm just going to do it. When you are on YouTube and you come across a video and somebody's whole ministry is to make fun of or bash or come against other people, I would be careful. When somebody takes 30 seconds from a service and says that person is demon-possessed, 
We better be real careful what we're allowing into our spirit because the enemy doesn't want you or anybody else to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Listen, rejecting the gifts of the Spirit is closing your ears to the cries of God's children because the gifts of the Spirit is the way in which the Lord answers the prayers of his kids. Why would you not want a gift from Jesus? The answer to that question is because you were deceived by a religious spirit. So whatever gift it is that you've rejected, whatever gift it is that you've said somewhere in your heart, I don't want that gift. I want you to just think about whatever gift that is. For some people, it's the gift of tongues. For whatever reason, people just have such a problem with that gift. I think, I know, one of the reasons is because the Bible tells us that praying in the Holy Spirit is praying the perfect will of God and the mysteries of heaven. And the enemy does not want you to pray the perfect will of God and the mysteries of heaven. The Bible says that when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we lift ourselves up in the most holy faith. The enemy does not want you to encourage yourself in the most holy faith. So whatever gift it is that you've been rejecting, just replace that gift with the word Holy Spirit. Take the word gift off of it and replace it with Holy Spirit. I don't want the gift of tongues. What we're really saying is I don't want the Holy Spirit. I don't want the gift of prophecy. What we're really saying is I don't want the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want the Holy Spirit to have complete control of my life. I know some of you may be feeling like, Pastor, this isn't very encouraging. This isn't like a super encouraging word because I've been struggling with some of these gifts and you're telling me I don't want the Holy Spirit. This isn't encouraging. Let me tell you something. I'm not here to motivate you. Thank you. One person. Thank you. No, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'm not here to motivate you. My job is not that you will walk away feeling encouraged. If you walk away feeling encouraged, that's a beautiful thing. But my job is that you spiritually grow. If you want to walk away just feeling encouraged, get you one of them posters with a cat, you know, that's hanging on to it. It says, get a poster, look at it, encourage yourself. Open up TikTok, search hashtag encouragement, and just watch all the videos you want. I'm not the one. I'm here to ensure that we spiritually grow. And every person that takes this platform is here to ensure that we spiritually grow. When we spiritually grow and when we grow in the gifts of the Spirit, it will require that we are in some way uncomfortable. Growth requires discomfort. Spiritual growth will require a level of discomfort. But we have to be yielded to the process of spiritual growth. We have to be yielded to the process of being uncomfortable because God can do anything through one who is yielded. I have loved the last three weeks in this tent 
And somebody said it from up here. I think it was Pastor Jordan said it tonight. He did such a beautiful job stewarding us in that moment. And he said, there's something special about the dirt. There's just something about being in the dirt that God is bringing us low. I'm reminded of the Beatitudes. And Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. Poverty of spirit and the humility or meekness of the flesh will cause you to get both the promises of heaven and earth. When we are poor in spirit, he gives us the kingdom of heaven. And we are meek, he gives us the inheritance of the earth. If you are comfortable, you're not spiritually growing. And as we come to a close, I have a question for you. Are you afraid of being embarrassed for Jesus? Are you afraid of looking stupid for Jesus? I put like a bunch of stories in here that I could choose from because I have a lot of stories where I look dumb. I have a lot of stories where God spoke to me to do some things and I looked really stupid doing them. And it was challenging and it was difficult and it was hard to step out and it was hard to pull into that barbershop and give somebody a word that I didn't know. And it was hard to stop that person at the store, or hard to tell that leader that I was afraid to tell something that God had given to me. But there is a risk versus a reward. And 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10 says, we are fools for Christ's sake. We are fools for Christ's sake. We are weak. He is strong. He is held in honor and we are held in disrepute. We are fools for the Lord. We are not afraid to look stupid for him. We are not afraid to be uncomfortable. The third question, can someone lose the gifts of the Holy Spirit? There are two ways to address this question. If someone makes a mistake, will God take the gift away from them? And the second way is, why does God allow evil people to continue to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It's one of the most prevalent objections to the gifts of the Holy Spirit is because, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of charlatans operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have, unfortunately, seen evil people use the gifts of the Holy Spirit as a way to manipulate people, to gain more power, more influence, more money, whatever it might be. And so people rightly ask, why does God allow evil people to continue to operate in the Spirit? The first, we're going to take the first question, will God take away the gift from me? The Bible describes generosity as no strings attached. It's one of the gifts or one of the values that we have here at Mercy Culture that you can learn about in MC Connect. One of our values is generosity, and we say there are no strings attached to that generosity. Because if God was going to remove his gifts from people because we sin, how many of you know none of us would be operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans eleven twenty nine said, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. 
But we've got that second question. Why do evil people continue to operate in these gifts? Because the mercy of God will allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate through a person with compromised character in order to minister to God's people. It is the mercy of the Lord. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28 through 21 in the Message Bible. I love this. It says, so how am I supposed to respond? Goes on to say, he's talking about fakes, about charlatans, about people that don't have the right motive of their heart. This is what he said. He said, I've decided that I really don't care about their motives. Whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed. So I just cheer them on. I love that scripture, that very practical way to look at the situation. You know what? The motive of that person's heart is not your problem. The motive of that person's heart is next to impossible for you to know. That's between them and God. But every time they open their mouth, Christ is being lifted up. And so I just sit back and cheer them on. You see, even Satan's gifts were not taken from him. We don't have a scripture that explicitly tells us that his gifts were not taken, but it seems obvious as we see throughout the Bible Satan operating in the world that he is still operating in the gifts that God gave to him because those gifts go without repentance. But there's a warning that I have for you tonight. For some of us, in this room, the misrepresentation of God and his gifts by other people have caused us to reject the gift that was in operation in their lives instead of rejecting the steward of that gift. We have seen people misuse the gifts of God and instead of rejecting that individual we have rejected the gift of the Holy Spirit that they operated in. Gifts prove God's power. They do not prove God's approval of someone's character. It's another way for you to be warned tonight. Just because you operate in a gift does not mean that you have a good character. Just because God gave you a prophetic word for someone and it was accurate does not mean that you have a good character. We see this with the story of Samson who was disobeying God left and right and in sexual sin and running around with prostitutes and disobeying the commands of the Lord and God still put his hand upon him and his anointing through him and the gifts of the spirit through him because he used Samson to bring about his will but Lord I don't just want to be used by you I want to be your vessel a man that you dwell in. So how do we grow in the gifts of the Spirit? We steward them. And we understand that the gifts of the Spirit belong to the Lord. They don't belong to us. We see in Matthew chapter 25 the, the parable of 
the hidden talent. If you don't know this story, there's Jesus tells this story of a ruler who goes to his servants and he said, I'm going to leave you guys some money. I'm going to go away and I want you to steward what I leave to you well. And one of them takes the money that he gave him and he goes and he makes wise investments and he, he got multiplied amounts of money from the investments that he made. And the other one, he said, well, he took that money and he made other investments and those were multiplied as well. But the third one, he took that money and he buried what the Bible calls a talent. He buried the talent that the master gave him because he was afraid he would lose it. And Jesus says in verse 25, or in verse 26, or the, Jesus says that his master answered him and said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So when he hid the talent that the master had given him, he said he was a wicked and lazy servant because he didn't use the gift that was given to him. I'm going to give you some practical advice tonight. Get around leaders who are operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Get around people who love Jesus more than you do. Get around people who operate in the Holy Spirit, who hear, hear the voice of God more clearly than you do. Get around people who will encourage you and challenge you to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And ask God for those gifts over and over and over again. You see, the goal and the purpose is not that we grow in the gift. It is that we grow in our relationship with the gift giver. And family, we cannot minister to others with the gifts of the Holy Spirit without first ministering to the Lord. If you want to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, minister unto the Lord. Worship the Lord. On every eye closed. You wonder why we spend so much time in worship. You may wonder why we don't just sing three songs and move on and Where's the fast song and the medium speed song and then the slow song and then we can move on? Why do we talk about connecting with God? Why do we always talk about a daily encounter with the Lord? And what is this and why do we keep going there? We can't minister to others if we don't minister to the Lord. We can't operate in his gifts if we don't have a relationship with the gift giver. So, Father, we want to encounter you, Lord. Lord, we want to minister to your spirit. 
God, we don't want gifts of the Spirit so that we can do parlor tricks. We're not asking for your gifts so that we can impress somebody else. But God, we want to expand your territory. God, we want to minister to your heart. We go back to our story in John chapter 4, where Jesus is talking to this woman at the well, this, this sinful woman, this woman that has been searching for something. She has looked for fulfillment in sex. She has looked for it in relationships. She has looked for fulfillment everywhere. She hasn't found it, and she's sitting there with Jesus, and she's talking to him about water. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked me, and I would have given you living water. Ladies and gentlemen, if you knew the Holy Spirit was standing in front of you right now, what would you ask him for? And then Jesus did what to this woman who was spiritually dead? She was asleep in the spirit. What did he do? He began to operate in a gift. He prophesied to her. He said, you have five husbands, and the man you're with now isn't your husband. And she says to him, I can see that you're a prophet. When Jesus wanted to encounter this lost woman, he did it through a gift of the Holy Spirit. She was talking to what she thought was simply a man, a man that didn't have a bucket to draw water out of, a man who she thought must think he's better than me and my ancestors to talk about living water that's better than the water we've been drawing from for decades and decades and generations. And this is my religious well. This is my religious system. How dare you tell me there's something better than this? She didn't know who she was talking to. And he begins to prophesy. And the gift of the Spirit goes from his heart and touches hers. And she responds to the heart of God when? When she experienced the gift of God. Verse 28, it goes on to say, so the woman left her water jar. The thing that was so important to her before, she left it. She left the symbol of the old well, the symbol of the old stale water, the symbol of the old religious system. She left it and she ran into the town and she said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So they went out of the town and they began to come to him when she encountered the gift. She became a carrier of the gifts. 
she couldn't help but spread the good news of Jesus and they were all drawn to Christ. Lord Jesus, we want this to be a house that draws your lost sons and daughters to Christ. Come on, just lift up your hands. Jesus, we want to be a people that don't draw people unto ourselves, but draw them unto you. Jesus, we long to be a church that isn't built around a man or a personality or a program, that isn't built around great music or great children's ministry. We long to be a church that is built on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ and him crucified. We long to be a people that draw others to you. Lord, when we get to heaven, we want you to say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus, I want crowns to present at your feet. I want souls to bring to you as an offering. God, would you give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit that those gifts may draw others to your presence. Come on, just begin to cry out. Would you give us the gift of wisdom? Would you give us the gift of knowledge? Would you give us the gift of faith? Would you give us the gift of miracles and healings and prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues and discerning between the spirits? God, would you let us be people that don't keep the gifts hidden away? Would you let us be different from other churches that say we're going to relegate the Holy Spirit to the first Wednesday night of the month for two hours and the rest of the time be quiet and don't talk about the Holy Spirit because we're in embarrassed and somebody might get confused and somebody may not understand. Jesus, would you break out in this place? Would the Holy Spirit be like uncontrollable wildfire that we don't understand, that we cannot control, that sometimes scares us, that sometimes makes us uncomfortable. But God, we yield to your gifts. We yield to your spirit tonight. Would you give us the gifts of the spirit? Come on, just begin to minister to the Lord. If you're longing for a gift, hang on, we're going to go there. We're going to go there. Come on, nobody put your hands down. Continue to minister to the Lord. If you're longing for a gift of the Holy Spirit, I want you to do what might make you feel uncomfortable, and I want you to come to the altar. We're going to sing here in a moment. As we're worshiping, I just want you to make your way to the altar. If there's a gift of the Spirit that you're longing for, that you haven't been operating in the fullness of just yet, I want you to make your way to the altar tonight. Father, would you give us your gifts? Come on, just begin to minister to the Lord. Lord, we, we, we make a covenant with you, Holy Spirit, that we will steward your gifts well. Lord, we won't use your gifts to make ourselves look good. Come on, we won't use your gifts as a parlor trick. But God, we will steward the gifts of the Holy Spirit well. 
God, we pray that the gifts would point others to you. Come on, just begin to worship. Oh, yeah, my, 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 yeah. 